The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation with another trailblazing innovator. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Bruno Nardone, SVP of Solutions, Population Health for NextGen Healthcare. Bruno, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Well, thanks so much for making the time today. Before we start our discussion, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background? Sure, I'd be delighted to. I've been in healthcare my whole career, Joe. I started out as a hospital administrator, worked both in operations and strategy work there, and then really was introduced to health IT in a full immersion sort of way when I joined IBM Global Services late in the 1990s. I had a number of roles at IBM and then also spent some time at other technology and consulting firms like SAIC, all scripts, a consultancy, health advances, and uh, am now at NextGen, really driving a solution area that is near and dear to my heart, population health management. In my background, I spent a lot of time early in the 2000s helping to implement early phase health information exchanges in Rio's, working with communities to build strategies for integrated health networks, both at the local and really broad macro level. So this is something that I'm excited to be full immersion in again, and I'm really excited about NextGen's commitment to bring solutions to market in this space. Great. Could you take the next couple minutes and just give us a 10,000-foot overview of NextGen Healthcare? Sure. NextGen, as probably a lot of your listeners know, has been in the healthcare technology space for many years. For over 20 years, we've had leading EMR products in the market. But NextGen is obviously a lot more than that, particularly in the ambulatory space where we've got the most adoption of our EMR. Many of our clients use our solutions for revenue cycle management and practice management to really round out the infrastructure for efficient operations of healthcare practice in leveraging modern technology to satisfy regulatory and payer contract compliance needs in the environment we're in today. In addition to that, NextGen, of course, thinking about the trajectory of the market toward value-based care has been building out capabilities to support our clients' needs as they move from a fee-for-service model of payment to a fee-for-value, with a lot more focus, obviously, around outcomes and more complex contract management related to bringing together clinical and financial information to support the obligations they're signing up for with the payers they work with in their community. And so we're making investments to really bolster their ability to manage information in more complex ways and support those contract needs. And it's a journey. We're, as an industry, moving into this space, I think, with an appropriate level of caution. But people obviously have 
interests in being able to satisfy early capabilities to do more than just pay for performance reporting and start to report on outcomes in more meaningful ways and really think about what it means for them to build out an infrastructure to make them successful as they contemplate taking on more financial risk for the populations they manage. That's squarely in our strategy and a big part in the solutions organization where I live in what we're working on every day to make sure that our solution capabilities today and the roadmaps for what we're planning to bring to market in the future are appropriately aligned with that trend in the market. Bruno, I'm just curious as you talk about that, and we've talked a lot about population health on our show. Are there tens of customers doing population health or hundreds or thousands? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's kind of a loaded question because it, it gets to how we define population health management. And people certainly define it in different ways. At some level, almost all of our clients are doing population health management in the way they stratify risk of populations they're caring for and determine how to apply resources to those groups. So many, many payers, most notably CMS, with Medicare quality reporting initiatives, have started to look at those groups that are at highest risk and encouraged providers to figure out how to better take care of those individuals that fall into categories that are typically focused around chronic disease management. So things like diabetes, asthma, congestive heart failure, conditions that their patients are living with over time and over multiple episodes of care. And many of them have programs built into their practices for identifying where those patients are in the community, getting notifications for when they're seen in an emergency department or with a specialist, and how to better collaborate with the care teams that they work with on a regular basis. At some level, almost all of our practices are thinking about that, working with those patients more actively. But then in the formal sense, when we start talking about value-based contracts and the types of initiatives that many listeners might think of as ACO contracts or you know, more sophisticated pay-for-performance contracts, or in some cases, full capitated risk, that's a much smaller portion of the population that are going full immersion into that group. It is, however, growing fast. So you might think about, you know, if it's 20 to 30 percent of the market today, it's expected that over the next three to five years, that's going to shift where probably 75 to 85, even 90 percent of the market is going to be dealing with some level of a population health management contract as their normal operating procedure. Bruno, in addition to population health being huge out there, interoperability is getting a huge buzz. I probably had 10 shows on interoperability just since October. How can providers sort through all this noise about interoperability to find strategies that really support their population health initiatives? Another great question and something that we hear all the time as well from our clients. I like to tell people to think about interoperability as a series of concentric circles. At one level, their infrastructure needs to handle interoperability at the most close in space. So how are they managing within their EMR 
to exchange data with those folks that they normally touch base with on a regular basis. So it might be the hospital laboratory that they send patients to for testing. It might be another provider group that's part of their extended practice area and might be using a different EMR. When they're selecting EMRs, hopefully they've picked a certified EMR. Almost all of them that are in the market today are certified from Health and Human Services, from ONC. And at that level, they're going to just get a basic kind of guarantee that they could exchange high-level standards between EMRs. And typically what that means is that they could send and receive a continuity of care document, which is basically a set of standardized wrappers for bundling up summary health information to exchange with other providers that they know. As they go beyond that, then they start to get into some of the broader challenges around exchanging information in a heterogeneous technology environment. And what I mean by that is they might be using one vendor system, say it's NextGen, but they really, they work within healthcare catchment area where there's adoption of many, many different types of vendors out there. And they need to figure out how they're going to exchange information in that context. Typically, there's some type of an organization in those communities that have found success with interoperability to provide a level of governance for how organizations will exchange information. And we work with a lot of health information exchange organizations, so not the function of exchange, but really that oversight body that provides a platform for those providers to come together and say, okay, under these circumstances, we're going to have a trusted relationship with the other participants within that exchange. It might come from their enterprise health information system like a, an IDN or a hospital network that they participate with, or it might come from one of these neutral third parties, these HIEs that serve in that function. But typically, as you go beyond your practice, beyond your immediate referral network, one of those types of organizations is providing a platform for that data management, data governance that can then help to figure out, okay, beyond the CCD, how else might we be looking at interoperability? And then we start to get into the much more complex discussions about what healthcare lexicons are we using in our referral patterns? Where are their preferences for trying to integrate discrete data sets based on the health needs of that community? And it comes down to the strategic priorities that those communities set. So that's a long-winded answer for what can be a complex problem, but it starts with picking up a certified EMR and then figuring out what clinical and business needs of healthcare am I trying to solve beyond that and figuring out what's the appropriate infrastructure to satisfy those needs. No, but a great answer. Two of the things you mentioned in there, Bruno, were standardization and health information exchanges. Should HIEs be standardizing or non-standardizing data? Again, that's a loaded question, right? <laughs> at, at some level, we need to be dealing with standardized information. And then depending on the goals of those organizations, the needs to normalize and in some cases transform source data into a common format will become paramount because the end users are trying to achieve goals of transformation that really require them 
to be able to manage information across their universe of care in a much more facile way. And again, what comes down to, can I see longitudinally health histories on my patients of particular interest? So if we're managing congestive heart failure patients more actively because we've got incentives coming to us with a contract from our local payer, can I bring laboratory information on that subset of patients into a, a normalized format? And so what do we do then? We look to how are laboratory outcomes being captured by my commercial labs and my hospital labs and maybe other specialty labs that I use uh, maybe on a more infrequent basis? Are we all using for example, the same type of SNOMED lexicon, or if one of those laboratories is still using LOINC, another laboratory standard, can we easily transform that into a common format? So that now as a provider, whether I'm a primary care provider or a cardiologist in that market, can I see that longitudinal information graphed over time and have confidence that all the information for all the touch points that my patient may have visited over a year can be tracked easily and in the same language so that when I look at it, I have confidence that it's being portrayed effectively. That's the more sophisticated target where we're trying to get to around healthcare transformation. But at a basic level, providers can still use those CCDs, those continuity of care documents, which although they're discrete individual summaries of an episode of care, if I'm interested, I could still bring them all into my native workflow, open them and review them, and they may not be organized perfectly for how I would want to use them. But if I'm just getting started with interoperability, they serve an important purpose. So the standards around transfer protocols will take us from not having anything to being able to bring those summary documents together. That's an easy first step. And there are a lot of organizations that are working on bringing that data together in a more harmonized way. But then as you start to want more out of the data, that's when you have to get into the weeds of really starting to transform the local lexicons into a common format so that we can all be talking the same language when we're digging into analytics for optimizing that patient care. And so, again, it's I think of it as a sliding scale where you could get started kind of easily. And then as you want more out of the data, we all have to roll up our sleeves and get into the weeds on how it exists in the source formats and then deciding how we want it to look as a community. Great. Let me ask a less loaded question and more specific. How are your solutions for health information exchange, interoperability, laying the groundwork for strong population health programs at your customers? Yeah, that's a great question. We look at it as a two-pronged approach. At one level, we want to equip our practices with doing what's best for their specific panel of patients. We have tools that allow our practices to look at information in their operational data store to start to identify populations at risk, build their own registries for their patients that they want to actively manage. They can also, within that context, build outreach programs to make sure that those populations at risk have regular touch points and they could do it in an efficient way, right? Gone are the days where we could throw bodies at the problem. We really need to bring efficient tools to automate outreach either via email campaigns or text messages to patients to make sure they're coming in reminded about follow-ups. And certainly within the workflow of our core electronic medical record programs, all that is baked in. 
They also have the ability to exchange those CCDs with non-next-gen clients or non-next-gen participants in their communities. So there may be another practice that's using a competitor solution, and we want to be able to enable that exchange to happen. The CC exchange capability built in allows that. For those organizations that are coming at it more from the enterprise or community level, we have another suite of products which fall into our mirth capabilities. Uh, mirth, as some folks may remember, started off actually as an open source tool for health information exchange, really looking at the building gateways for organizations who were interested to more easily connect. Since those early days of Mirth, now almost 10 years ago, we're going to be celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year, we've built out, as you would expect, a lot more robust capabilities for sophisticated information management and building those longitudinal health records across complex communities where we really take a completely agnostic approach to what the source data is captured in and allow for these organizations, whether they be at the enterprise or community level, to build a common repository of information in the community and also be able to have portals that could be made available to their providers so they could pull in those longitudinal views more easily. And the Mirth suite of products is really geared towards supporting that enterprise or community level exchange and review of data. Good deal. Are there data types that you're finding more valuable than others to providers when you're helping them map out care plans as you sift through all this data? Sure. Well, as you'd expect, most people get started with information, summary diagnostic information, summary procedural information, so ICD and CPT-4 standards. The next level of basic laboratory and drug information that's typically captured, as I mentioned earlier, with laboratory in either SNOMED or LOINC is the standard format that most people want to start to dig into because we've been managing that data for a number of years already. I mean, I remember back in the early days of Rio projects and HIEs, even before ONC, that's what we looked at because <laughs> there were more mature efforts occurring in the marketplace to build standards for that type of information management. And then, of course, drug information that's typically captured with the NDC codes or, or similar codes around drugs. When you start to pull just that information together, you can have a pretty robust summary of what's happened with a patient. And most providers, even you know, looking at lab outcomes and the drugs that were prescribed, can get a good feel for what the history of this patient has been. You start to overlay procedures that were done, you start to overlay diagnosis summaries, and you've got a fairly good mosaic picture of that patient. Beyond that, as organizations want to get into more complex exchange, they start to want to get into the detail of episodes of care. And that's where we hear the term HL7 thrown around a lot. HL7 is a great vehicle right. for transferring field-level data in electronic health records, but we need to then get into the domain of of that normalization where we're, we're looking at, okay, how is that information captured in the various touch points I'm interested in? Can we transform it into a common standard set? Being proactive, can we give providers a set of 
preferred ways of capturing that data so that it becomes easier to join and bring together into analytics data repositories or data marts downstream. And so now we're getting into the much more sophisticated aspects of how we manage that data to drive advanced analytics, whether it be for population health or performance management or clinical decision support, it doesn't matter. You still have to solve for those problems and the standards that either we're using within NextGen or that are becoming more mature across the market are the tools we use to get there. Things are changing on so many fronts for providers, and I often feel sorry for a CIO of a provider that has to get smart on so many new topics every year. What advice would you give a CIO of a hospital or a practice or somebody in charge of IT to develop their action plan as regard to data and HIEs and population health? That's certainly something that we're asked our opinion about a lot, and I've got a lot of friends that are CIOs that do struggle with that. And I think that from those conversations and from looking at success stories in the market, organizations that can strip away the noise and focus on where they're going to get the best bang for their buck for their organizations are the ones that tend to be able to maintain momentum and not let themselves get overwhelmed. So what do I mean by that? Certainly, there's a lot on CIO's plates just around responding to regulations and standards that are being thrown at them by the federal government. And that's understandable. It's necessary and certainly makes up the lion's share of a lot of priorities for most organizations. We know we've got to answer the call for whether it's MACRA or meaningful use requirements that are still out there, they're going to be coming, and we've got to keep those in mind. But beyond that, as we think about priorities for the organization as they're emerging around things like value-based care, we're able to start to see areas where we can start to allow organizations to get energized again in what their investments in HIT can do for them. Because for many of these organizations, there are real legitimate, significant incentives that they can go after if they orient their infrastructure to satisfy the needs of their organization for outcomes reporting, performance reporting, and quality reporting that in the early phases don't necessarily take a heavy lift to build out infrastructure to enable that capability to occur. So starting with pushing the the necessary standards reporting out of the way, and then starting to think about where their organizations have opportunities to capture new revenue streams, to satisfy specific health initiatives within their communities. That's where they could start to re-energize their organizations around what HIT could mean for them and being able to target their efforts so that they can also say no to things because they've got a well-documented strategy, will allow them to move forward and gain experience and start to transform their organization capabilities for where the market's going without letting these distractions become a problem for them. Bruno, what's next for your population health products? What are you working on now that your customers can expect to see from you guys in 2017? As I was talking about earlier, our foundation capabilities in MIRTH for robust information management across a universe of care are great. But we know the market wants to quickly move to capabilities for 
longitudinal care management, for more robust analytics around population health management and performance management against those value-based contracts, but also for providing patient engagement capabilities that really start to enable patients that fall into these risk groups that we're interested in optimizing care around to do a better job of self-managing themselves, to feel more part of their care team, to communicate more effectively with their with that care team. Also engagement tools for providers to feel like they've got a workflow to take on these value-based contracts that makes sense for them. Those are things that we have early capabilities in, but we know we need to do a lot more in. And we're actively working on solutions management efforts to address those new demands from the market that we know are coming. And we want to absolutely help our clients to be successful with. Good. At this point, I want everybody to go to www.nextgen.com. That's N-E-X-T-G-E-N.com. Bookmark the site. Keep up with the great things that Bruno and his team at NextGen are doing for healthcare, especially in the area of population health. Bruno, it's so great to have you on the show. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. It's been my pleasure, and thank you very much, Joe. I look forward to connecting you. Absolutely. It's been our pleasure as well. And that wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Bruno Nardone, I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.